whatever hopes and dreams you had for the current and future of the Atlanta Falcons, they just died on a cold, wet day in Charlotte. You are Locked On Falcons, your daily Atlanta Falcons podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome back, everyone, to another illustrious episode of the Locked On Falcons podcast, your daily Atlanta Falcons podcast, part of Locked On Sports Atlanta, your team every day. And today's episode is brought to you by LinkedIn Jobs. are going to help you find the qualified candidates that you want to talk to faster. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash locked on NFL. That's linkedin.com slash locked on NFL to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. And guys, if you don't know me, I'm your very humble host, Aaron Freeman. Been covering the Falcons for far too long miserably uh formerly at falcfans.com still miserable formerly at falc fans on twitter still miserable on this illustrious podcast and uh you know i appreciate all the everydayers that have been just as miserable as i have been or less miserable or even more miserable however your uh how much misery you're into become an everydayer of the podcast and we'll we'll help you get through it and all you got to do is subscribe or follow for free on YouTube or wherever you listen to podcasts. So uh, if you didn't know, the Falcons lost to the Carolina Panthers. Kind of knew it was a definite possibility going into the game. And as we watched this game play out and, and seeing how stagnant the offense was going into the game, I was like, yep, they're going to lose this thing. Um, And they lost it on a sort of walk-off field goal from the Panthers. We'll, we'll talk about what this means for the future of the Falcons. You know, Arthur Smith's future, especially. But, um, you know, similar to what we saw in that Jets game, in that Cardinals game, you know, going into this matchup, like the records weren't going to tell the full story because the Falcons were, you know, going to look more like a one in 12 team going up against this Panthers team because they're just not that good. And the Panthers would somehow look much closer to a six win team going up against this Falcons team um, because the Falcons. <laughs> can't really stop teams from doing whatever they want. Right. And this was the week you, you wanted to see the Falcons offense, get their act together. We've been talking about that for the last couple of weeks. Again, we, we gave them a pass for the jets game because of the conditions, because the fact that the jets have arguably a top five defense didn't have the, you, you had the conditions, right. And we'll talk about some of the excuses or reasons, wh- whatever you want to make uh term that as for why the, uh the team struggled, right. It was wet, rainy day. So you're expecting, okay, they're not going to rely on their passing game. They're going to rely on their ground game. But for the same reasons we talked about last week of why they kind of abandoned the run game due to having a bunch of backups on their offensive line, like, you know, they couldn't run the ball today, right? And it's it's funny because it's like for half of this season, we talked about how they couldn't run the ball with their starting offensive line. So, of course, they're not going to be able to run the ball with their backup offensive line, right? You know, 16 out of their opening 23 plays you know, in the first quarter and a half were run plays. They had a success rate of about 44% on those 16 runs, which is decent. Um, But they were only averaging about 2.1 yards per carry. So they weren't really, you know, maintaining their offense on schedule in a lot of ways. And I don't know what their final success rate is, was in this game, but I'm guessing it was under 40%. And they finished averaging just 1.7 yards per carry, right? And, you know, McGarry did not play. We knew that going into this game. Lindstrom 
proved to be a scratch, an inactive scratch. And Drew Dolman, who was active in this game, didn't start and didn't play because Ryan Newsel started this game. So you had Ryan Newsel at center, Kyle Hinton at right guard, Storm Norton at right tackle. And we know that the strength of this Falcons running game is based off of the right side of their offensive line. We knew last week that that was going to be a problem without McGarry. This week, without McGarry and Lindstrom, it was definitely going to be a problem. The Falcons tried to run it to the left a lot in this game. Didn't really work. Um, so, you know, that's a, that's a reason why they couldn't run the football. So they had to rely on their passing game to step up. And their passing game was pretty conservative early in the game. A lot of rollouts and whatnot for Desmond Ritter because we saw Derek Brown and Brian Burns basically single-handedly those two guys wreck the Falcons passing attack in week one. So of course, okay, you're going to call some rollouts, you know, not try to get Desmond Ritter in a straight drop back game with the backup offensive line going up against those guys. Derek Brown had an impact. Brian Burns made some plays in this game. So you have five sort of lackluster offensive drives to start the game. And then midway through the second quarter, you dial up a, a tight end leak, tight end throwback to John o. Smith. You get 56 yards that sets up uh, the, the first score of the game on a sort of touch pass is Cordero Patterson on a two yard score. So the Falcons are finally on the board and you're like, okay, they, they got something going. Of course, the defense gives up some points at, at the end of the half. So it's seven, three going into halftime. And I'm sitting here wondering, okay, which version of the Falcons offense are we going to get in the second half? Are we going to get that version that was able to score on that one drive? Or are we going to get the, the version that was barely able to really move the ball on the five previous series? And my guess was we were going to get that, inept version of the Falcons offense in the second half. And, you know, once again, the prophet uh, was prophesizing uh, again. And, you know, they didn't really have a lot of excuses or reasons for why they struggled offensively in the second half, right? Their opening drive, they get to a third and eight and they ran it to B. John Robinson. And I'm sitting here as someone who's been defending Arthur Smith's play calling all year long. I'm just going like, I don't get that one, right? Like you just running it to, to punt the ball so you can play the field position game, right? Because, like, maybe you run it if you're intent on going for it on fourth down, right? You know, it's third and eight. You run. You get a couple of yards. You go for it. Fourth down, you're at you're at Carolina's 43 at that point. So it's not really a field goal situation. It's not really an ideal punt situation. So I could understand it. But you were so bad on that third down drive that you basically are like, nope, we're not going to go for it on fourth and eight because we didn't get any yards. And so we're just going to punt it. So it's just like, okay, all right, I guess. And then the next time you get the ball. It's third and 10, and you give the ball right back to B. John Robinson, and guess what he does? He does the thing that he's done too often this year, coughs up the football, right? And he coughs it up deep in Falcons territory, and Carolina is able to get three points, fortunately only able to get three points off of that. But we saw this against Houston. We saw this against Minnesota, right? The second half fumbles by Bijan that completely changed the momentum of the game and, and, and put the Falcons on the back foot. And then, of course, on the on the ensuing drive, you know, we didn't get a Taylor Heineke throwing a pick on the first pass. At least Desmond Ritter saved it to the very end of the drive when the Falcons had marched all the way down the field, converting three third downs, getting down inside the red zone, and Ritter rolling to his left, throws a pick to, I don't know who, what he wasn't throwing to a Falcon. Maybe if you're saying maybe he's throwing it to CP in the end zone. Well, there's like three Panthers in front of CP. Why are you throwing it to him? You got Drake London next to those three Panthers wide open. You, apparently you don't see him. Kyle Pitts is covered. And if you're throwing it to Kyle Pitts, you throw it like four feet behind Kyle Pitts. So it's like, who are you throwing the ball to my guy? So you get this turnover. And of course, Carolina starts out at their five yard line. They go down the field. They convert three third downs. Their third, third down conversion winds up being the, the critical one at the eight yard line. 
and they forced the Falcons to kind of um, bleed off. You know, Falcons are out of timeouts at that point, and they just take three knees, and they get that walk-off field goal from Eddie Pinheiro, right? We, Eddie Pinheiro was the the not the hero. He was the villain last year in that overtime loss um, that, you know, Carolina had no business losing. Um, and, of course, we got a rainy game on the Thursday night where Marcus Mariota wanted to do stuff. And as Jarvis Davis pointed out on the Lockdown Falcons postcast, uh, you know, Desmond Ritter decided to do his best Marcus Mariota impression on a, you know, similar wet day in Carolina this year. So that was fun. So, what you know, whether you want to blame Desmond Ritter, whether you want to blame Bijan, whether you want to blame Arthur Smith, hell, you can even blame the turf at MetLife, right? That's what that's what I'm going to go with. You, you pick whatever thing you want to blame for the Falcons. I'm picking the turf at MetLife, that our season was ruined. By the turf at MetLife, yeah, all of a sudden we were healthy, and then we lost like five starters to that turf, that turf monster, and it completely ruined all momentum that we had coming out of the bye week. That's what that's what I'm going to blame the season on. Not Arthur Smith, not Desmond Ritter, not Bijan Fumbling, not the defensive collapse. I'm, I'm blaming the turf monster at MetLife Stadium. Fortunately, when we play the Giants next year, it's in Mercedes-Benz Stadium. But I guess that's unfortunate because I feel like the Giants Falcons matchup is always the road team win. So chalk that up as a loss. Um, sorry, I'm, I'm already on my doom and gloom <laughs> next year. So we'll keep the conversation in 2023. Uh, I have no more words on the offense. They stink, right? Let's talk about the defense. How much blame should they get for their late game collapse? We'll get into all of that, guys, as we continue today's Locked on Falcons. So if you're hiring for your small business, you want to have as many top tier candidates as possible to interview. And that's why you got to check out LinkedIn jobs. They have the tools. They're going to help you find the right professionals for your team faster and for free. LinkedIn isn't just any old job board. They have a vast network of more than a billion professionals, which makes them the best place to hire. Hiring is easy when you have that many qualified candidates. So it's easy. In fact, that 86% of small businesses get a qualified candidate within 24 hours. It's why small businesses rank LinkedIn number one in delivering quality hires versus leading competitors. LinkedIn Jobs is going to help you find a qualified candidates that you want to talk to faster. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash LockedOnNFL. That's linkedin.com slash LockedOnNFL to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. So as we continue today's rapid reaction to the Falcons' 9-7 to loss to the Carolina Panthers, I do want to plug the Locked On Sports Today. Uh, 24-7 streaming channel, first of its time here on YouTube. Locked On is an innovator and an icon. We're coming up with the Locked On Sports today, getting all the coverage of all the leagues, all the sports, all the national shows, the local experts, all on Locked On Sports today. And of course, check out Locked On Sports Atlanta's 24-7 streaming channel. If you haven't gotten enough of your Falcons fix, you got to get that Hawks, you got to get that Bulldogs, all that. So a lot of stuff going on around the Atlanta area. So check out Locked On Sports Atlanta's 24-7 streaming channel as well. So let's talk about the defense. Um, And, you know, there, there's there's some blame Meriden defense, they they did collapse at the end of the game, right? They should catch some heat. I'm not really mad at the defense. I'm, I'm going to be critical of the defense. Don't get me wrong, but I'm not mad at the defense. Like, I'm not going to have any lingering resentment over the defense's collapse at the end of this game, right? You know, maybe I'll rewatch the game tomorrow and then be like, oh, man, they screwed it up, right? But, you know, I, I don't think, you know, when you pretty much hold the team to under 10 points, you should be getting too many, too much heat for a loss, right? You know, you shouldn't have to win game seven to six, you know, at this level, right? We, we just saw like what, a three Oh win, uh, between the Vikings and Raiders not too long ago. So it happens, but like that ain't, that ain't sustainable. So 
you know, we 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 thought Carolina was going to try to run the football. They've been having a lot of success doing that, and they did. They had a decent amount of success in running for 129 yards in this game. Chuba Hubbard broke off a, a couple of nice runs in this game. Um, but, you know, that late game collapse comes from, you know, is, you know, it, the pass rush was okay today. They got three sacks, right? A couple of cleanup sacks. First career sacks for Zach Harrison. First career sacks for Taquan Graham. But, you know, it's it's hard to stop offenses when you can't get reliable pressure. And that's a contributing factor to why teams have had so much success going down the field late in games. Houston did it. Tampa's done it twice. Minnesota did it. Arizona did it. You know, it's not to say that the Falcons pass rush is the worst ever, right? We've seen worse back Falcons pass rush. So the pass rush has taken steps this year in comparison to last year. But without David Onyemata, without Bud Dupree, you know, that was going to be a, a challenge for this team. And, you know, they were able to overcome it somewhat and, and put some pressure on Bryce Young in this game. But when it mattered, they didn't seem to. I At least maybe, maybe I'm forgetting a play at the end of the game. But, well, they, they did get a sack at the end of Bryce Young. But then, of course, our boy Clark Phillips uh, did his thing. Um, and, you know, he, he came back down to earth pretty hard today. He had a defensive holding penalty on that final drive that wiped out a sack. Would have been the fourth sack of the game. Uh, the second for Calais Campbell on the cleanup. Um, he got benched after that, right? He started over Jeff Okuda. Jeff Okuda was active for this game, but Phillips did start. Uh, Mike Hughes did also get nickel, started the nickel. Um, I know D Alford was out there on, on returns. I don't, I don't recall seeing too much of him on defense, but I, I imagine he did play on defense. Um, I do recall more of Mike Hughes out there, but you know, they, they pulled Clark Phillips on that final drive and put Jeff Okuda back into the game. And Carolina went after Jeff Okuda. They're like, hell, it doesn't matter who, who you got over there. We're still going to throw it on whoever that guy. And then they picked on Jeff Okuda for a couple of plays. And that was a big reason why they were able to march down the field. Um, so as I said, like, you know, we've seen this defense do this all year long for the most part, right? You know, they've gotten stops. They've gotten stops late in games, week one, week two, you know, Saints, Jets. Although, you know, I think a lot of that had more to do with Trevor Simeon being bad than, you know, the Falcons defense really doing anything. But, you know, we, we've seen it pretty consistently since week five, since that Houston game, that in the final minutes of the fourth quarter, you can't count on this defense to get a stop, which again, I already said, I'm, I'm done with the offense, but I'm not, I'm, you know, that's why like at the end of the day, we need this offense to carry us. Right. I'm not mad at defense. I, I'm critical of defense, but I'm not mad at them. Right. They, they're a competitive unit, right? All year long. I've been like, I don't think they're as good as other people think they are, but they're a competitive unit, right? They are competent, right? Because they will give you three good quarters. The offense is only going to give you like one good quarter. And most of the time, that's only in the fourth quarter at home. Any any other place, like, you know, they ain't, they ain't doing nothing. And so, like, in all those instances, in almost all those instances of those late-game defensive collapses, if you want to call it, the offense came up short in critical moments, and we saw that again on Sunday. So we went into the season with higher expectations for this offense um, than we probably did with the defense. We thought, hey, the defense, if they can just be, like, the 18th-best defense in the league, that is, we'll take that. The expectations for the offense was maybe they'll be in like the top 15. Maybe they'll be an above average offense, like the 13th best offense in the NFL. And they have fallen well short of that. And that's what's causing a lot of the frustration right now. Right. And it begs the question of, you know, whose head is going to roll at the end of this year to explain 
why the offense has been underachieving. And that leads ultimately to fingers being pointed at the head coach. And we'll break that down as we continue today's Locked on Falcons. So the weather might be wet and cold, but the NFL offers at FanDuel stay hot. They will heat you up. They will dry you up in this uh, down dire time. You know, FanDuel, of course, is America's number one sports book. And right now they're offering new customers $150 in bonus bets with a winning $5 money line bet. That's $150 if your team wins. So if you've been thinking about joining FanDuel and getting nice and warm and cozy this uh, winter, there's no better time to get in on the action, whether you want to bet money line, you want to bet spreads, player props, over-unders, and more, whether it's NFL, NBA, NHL, all of that is available at FanDuel.com slash locked on, and you'll stay warm and cozy this winter. FanDuel is an official partner of the NFL. So, of course, tomorrow we'll be back with more content here on Locked On Falcons. I don't really know what I'm going to talk about. I'm I'm sure I'll be griping about something else. Uh, <laughs> you know, I got to I gotta keep my gripes to 30 minutes a day. You know, that's the beauty of this therapy session that is Locked On Falcons. Uh, 30 minutes, you get 30 minutes to complain each and every day or, or t- really 25 minutes of complaining each and every day. And you'll get it out of your system and then you can go about the rest of the day. And, and the rest of you guys have to like, hey, uh, who, who, Aaron, who? Who do I gripe to? Well, you, you can gripe to me, right? That's where the Locked On Falcons insiders come from. You get my gripes, uh, you know, all day long. You you can send your gripes to me. In addition, you'll get uh, access to the extended All Twenty Two review, and um, you know that drops every single week. You get a crisp, high def, uh, you know, film analysis from myself. Uh, the link to join that is in the description below at joinsubtext.com/slash/lockedonfalcons, and you'll get fourteen days of free trial, and then after that, four ninety nine a month. So try it out, see what you like it. Uh, you know, if, if you were high on Clark Phillips, he, he, your hopes and dreams came down because we put together a reel of like 40 of his plays from the last two weeks showing good, bad, and all the things in between. But uh, that was also something available for the Lockdown Falcons inside. So check that out. But anyway, that being said, the question you are all sitting here asking, you're all sitting here saying, right, is Arthur Smith going to get fired? Right? And I don't know the answer. We'll see, right? The the word on the street is, barring a late-season collapse, Arthur Smith's job is safe. Well, guess what? If the Falcons are about to undergo a late-season collapse, they they certainly got the ball rolling today, right? They, they are on a roll when it comes to late-season collapses with today's loss. So, you know, what happens will depend on these last three games. As I say, it's not how you start, it's how you finish. Been saying it all year long. So we'll find out how this team wants to finish this year. But, you know, I, I've said it's been difficult imagining a scenario where if this team finished with a winning record, Arthur Smith would get axed. And, you know, all year long, it's it felt like until really until today, right? Really until today, it has felt like this team was going to finish with, a, at least for me, again, as delusional as I was. Like the last since the Tampa Bay loss, I was kind of like, OK, it's, it's probably going to be an eight nine finish. They'll, they'll beat the Panthers. They'll win one of these last three and they'll finish eight, and nine. Right. But up until like the last seven, eight days, it has felt like they were going to finish with a winning record. That's part of the reason why I have operated with the assumption that, yeah, Arthur Smith is probably going to be back next year. But now it's like, I don't know what they're going to do. Right. You know, if they get, if they get to eight, nine and win two out of the next three, you know, who knows what happens seven and 10. It's hard to imagine 
you know, Arthur Smith keeping a job at that point, right? You know, the last two years, the seven and 10 finishes have been considered overachieving. And this year, seven and 10 would feel like gross underachieving, right? And right now, there's no real reason to think that they're going to finish seven and 10, right? Because that means they got to win one of these next three. And there's no reason to think that they'll be favored in any of these next three games. I, you know, I don't know if Fandles, the lines haven't come out yet. Um, but my guess is they'll probably, the Colts will probably be favored by like two and a half this week. The Bears will probably be favored by like four and a half the week after that. And the Saints will probably be favored in that week 18 game by three and a half. So the Falcons will probably be underdogs in all three of these games. And there's no reason to think that they'll win those games. So, you know, they finish six and 11. I have a hard time imagining Arthur Smith keeping his job at that point, but we'll see, right? It's it's not up to me, right? It's up to Arthur Blank, ultimately, at the end of the day. Buck stops with him. And the question he's going to have to ask is, you know, regardless of how this team finishes, you know, even if they do manage to win a couple of games down the stretch, do you still believe in Arthur Smith's vision for this rebuild, right? Because, um, or do you feel like somebody else should take over? Right, because that's the thing we got to remember. This team is rebuilt. Right, I know a lot of folks had high hopes for this team going into the season, but they're years away. They're years away from being a good team. They're they're not years away from being a competitive team. They they have been a competitive team, right? They just haven't been able to finish games. Like it's so it's so funny. We go back to like that those first two weeks when they started off two and zero. It's like, hey, you know, this team is 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 not pretty, but they they know how to finish, right? And it's like. No, no, they don't. <laughs> they did, but they don't know anymore. And it is the other thing I was thinking about the other day was just like, I remember how much grief I got, you know, in that preseason game where the, the one game where the starters played and I was like, yeah, I wasn't that impressed with them. And everybody was like, oh, you're just a hater. And I'm just like, hmm, I, I wonder what those people would be thinking now if they could go back to that. But anyway, that's whatever. But like this, this team is rebuilding, right? Like, the whole off season is going to be, or the next three weeks or whatever, everybody's going to die on their hills of like, we just need to get rid of the quarterback. We need to get rid of the head coach. And people are going to be utterly convinced that, Hey, if we just solve those. I mean, I'm sure there's other people that are like, Hey, we don't need to get rid of the quarterback or the coach. We just got to replace Dave Ragone as the offensive coordinator. You know, I'm sure there will be those people talking about, and people will convince you that, Hey, we just change one or two things and all of our problems go away. And it's like, no, they're rebuilding guys. Like, you know, the quarterback and the coach are two glaring holes. I, I, I'm not arguing otherwise. I'm not saying that those are, they're fine there. They're not, right? They're arguably the two biggest holes on the team because those are two out of the, like the three pillars of, of your organization. You know, the general manager, head coach, and the quarterback. Like those are the three pillars that if you check all three of those boxes, you'll probably be a successful team, right? That hold up your success. And two of those pillars are certainly like, you know, is this, are, they, is there, are these cracks? Are these cracks in the marble? I, you know, I think it's fair to say that, you know, these are some gaping cracks in the marble when it comes to the quarterback and, and, and head coach. However, like those are just two out of like eight holes that this team has. And people will just tell you, oh, don't worry about the other six holes. They're fine. And it's like, no, they're not. They're not fine. Again, not saying that those other six holes are bigger issues than the quarterback or the head coach are. But like, don't don't get it twisted, ladies and gentlemen. Don't get it twisted. I'm, I'm going to sit here and tell you, because we do this every time where we'd like to pretend that the Falcons just have to fix one problem or two problems and all their problems go away. And it's like, no, they got to fix eight problems. But, you know, two of those problems are, are very glaring problems. And so that's going to be the question, right? <laughs> you know, it's, it's really about, you know, what order do you want to fill those holes, right? 
do you want to start with the two biggest ones at quarterback and head coach? Okay. I don't have a problem with that. Do you want to, you want to backfill those holes and say, Hey, you know, we'll punt the quarterback and head coach into a future date, you know, down the road. Right. And we'll work on the other six holes. Okay. Right. At the end of the day, you know, it's it's not like, you know, people will convince you that well, you gotta, you gotta, there's only one way to do it. I'm like, no, no, you can do it however you want. Just as long as you fill all eight holes. <laughs> Like that's that's all that really matters at the end of the day, solving the eight problems, not just being like what order you do them. You know, that's that's ultimately it. So that's part of the reason why, like, I am not as like gung ho on like, hey, we just need to fire this guy or replace this guy. And, you know, everything's going to be great. It's like, no, we, we need to fill these eight holes. And it's probably going to take a couple of a couple of off seasons to, to fill those eight holes. Um, and then everything's going to be fine. But, you know, you know, maybe we can cross off like four of them next off season and then get the other four, the following off season. And then we just got to figure out what order we want to attack them. That's it. So that's it uh, guys. Um, you know, I know technically the Falcons are still mathematically in this thing, but as Jarvis Davis said on the most recent episode of lockdown Falcons, we, we're not doing the mathematical thing, right? You know, maybe they're a couple of weeks away from being mathematically eliminated from the playoffs, but spiritually they are cooked season's done emotionally i'm spent and psychologically i quit guys I'm, I'm done so that is it for us here on today's locked on falcons please continue to make us your first listen so that uh you can you know understand why your favorite football team refuses <laughs> refuses to be good um so we'll 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 certainly be breaking that down all week long here on Lockdown Falcons, check out Lockdown Sports today, 24-7 streaming channel, Lockdown Sports Atlanta, 24 streaming channel. If you you just want to gripe about Arthur Smith, hey, man, you know, send them my way. Join the Lockdown Falcons insiders and also maybe maybe you'll, you'll, you'll get a little bit of film analysis so that, you know, next time Clark Phillips has a, a great game, you're not going to be sitting there and be like, oh, we got something in that. Like, mm, okay, sure, sure. I'm sorry. Why am I being petty towards Clark Phillips? He, he didn't do nothing. Right. I mean, in, in the larger scheme of things, <laughs> his his grievances are like 12th on the list of grievances that we should be complaining. So I apologize, Carl Phillips. I don't, I don't know. I'm just being silly at the end of this episode because, like, you know, I give zero Fs at this point in time, guys. So it's just like, all right, whatever. You know, he can catch a stray, throw that guy under the bus. Yeah. Kick him, you know, do whatever. That's what we're doing. So that's it, guys. <laughs> so as I said, psychologically, I quit. Emotionally, I'm spent. I'm done. All right. Appreciate it. Till then.